Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer, Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the Digital Workspace inner workings. Welcome, Warren, to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. Um, do you want to give us a bit of an introduction? Sure. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here. So um, my name is Warren Beasley. Uh, I'm the uh, co-founder um, of Edison Hill Search. We're a family-run uh, boutique um, recruitment firm um, specialising in technology. Yeah, we're UK-based, uh, but we, we essentially work with clients and candidates um, all over the globe now due to good old technology. Yeah, I would say um, that, that the old geographic location issues have all gone away. As long as you can connect on a, a Teams or a Zoom, you can do business. You're right. And there are still uh, you know, some great people out there doing the job that I do that still use that as their differentiator um, and good for them. But um, essentially, unless you're, I guess, a high street location, which at the moment is going to be pretty difficult, you're right. It's... Um, that that element has certainly been removed from the equation. Yeah, without a doubt. Do you want to tell us a bit about what you think the digital workspace is and what it means to you? Sure. I think the um, the best way for me to describe that is to give it a, a comparison to what it was like when I first worked in this job uh, back in the 90s, which was um, an analog desk phone. Um, a, uh, to be polite, an antiquated mobile phone uh, that really all did was make calls, send texts, and you could play Snake on it as well. I don't know if you're uh, old yeah. enough to remember that. Well, was, that an, uh, was that an Alcatel? Or? It was a Nokia. Uh, and the, was it the Motorola Razor? These little yeah. Star Trek flip phones that were quite popular as well. Yeah. Um, cues for the fax machine. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, when I first worked in recruitment, we had these ASICs uh, index cards that had the names of your clients on and the names of your candidates on. And you, you, you basically either take them home with you or you'd lock them away in a drawer so no one else got access to them. Uh, we gradually then started to migrate that information onto a, um, a, a, C, a very sort of, I use the word antiquated again, but a very basic CRM which was essentially a database of candidates and a database of, of clients. And I guess I'm going to throw a negative in for digital workspace, but it will be, you know, it will transpire that it's not really a negative. But when, when you left the office and the hours that we did back then were literally um, a half seven, eight o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night. But when you left the office, you left the office. There was no way you were contacted. Uh, that was it. And you came in for some great surprises in the morning. Some <laughs> were very good and some were, were not so good. So the digital workspace to me now essentially means that, uh, and, and although the pandemic ha- has really accelerated the, um, the shift across for some organizations, it means that, Myself and my colleagues, we're working 
So, you know, you, you can be on calls with clients and candidates literally 24 seven. Um, the, the database that we have now, the, the CRM, well, that's now the basis of, uh, all of our marketing efforts, uh, across social media, utilizing data analytics. We're no longer just individuals who make phone calls. Um, we're now individuals that have to use digital to, create a, a brand for ourselves as individuals, not only for the company, but as individuals. And it's a very powerful thing to allow you to to use digital to um, to really create a, a footprint out there uh, in terms of what it is that you do and, and how you differentiate yourself. So, you know, the, the perception that you know, recruiters will only, you know, will have a database of names, of people, of contacts, Digital has really allowed us to expand on that, um, you know, touching on AI, um, video technology. Um, you know, it, it, it is a real seismic move that we've had, which essentially makes my job easier, which means I can add more value to my clients and, and my candidates as a result. And I think in your space, where you, you're offering a, a more white love service than the odd sort of common recruiter, I mean that in the nicest way, who's really just trawling through lots of CVs for a job posting. Um, you still have a black book of some sort, or your, eighth, your, your cards. Yeah, and, and that's something that we still use the traditional use of, of a CRM for. But because with digital, your reputation is so far more delicate now than it was 25 years ago, uh, what people say and think about you is heard much more loudly than it was back then. The the level of inbound additions to the, and I'll use your phrase, the black book, um, is, is also greatly increased off the back of using digital to enhance your reputation and to enhance what it is that you actually do. Um, and obviously social proof, um, which, which is also uh, something that um, the digital and the internet has allowed us again to be at the forefront of people's minds when they, when they make decisions. And that's really what recruiters are now because of digital, which is marketeers um, creating a brand um, and essentially making clients and, and, and candidates comfortable with who they're dealing with. Yeah, I would have probably added the word PR to that. Um, not so much public relations, but personal relations. Oh, that's a great phrase. Yeah, yeah. I, I may use that, Ryan, if that's okay. Um, like that now. <laughs> Thank you. And, and that comment you made about sort of the amplification of, of your profile um, due to technology, uh, you see it yourself on something like LinkedIn, where, you know, and it'd be some one of my peers, for example, or in a different industry, they'll be sort of hunting what they've been doing in, in an internal organization. Mm-hmm. But externally, so I don't know, you know, some some award ceremony they had for their for their um, apprentices, uh, or, or finishing off a really big project, and how they partnered with I don't know Microsoft or Oracle, whoever the, the partner is. Yeah. And, and it's not a direct look at me, look how great I am. It's more an indirect. Uh, we're doing stuff here using, you know, maybe cool stuff or solving a cool problem. Yeah. But it, it's almost future future selling to the next role that says, well, if you ever want to know what I did, go look at my LinkedIn profile. There's there's a hundred 
posts about how awesome I, I, I've been involved in things and not how I am. Absolutely. It's a great place to keep a repository, rather like you know GitHub, keep a repository of, of code and the great things that really clever people can do with it. LinkedIn can be a repository of a individual's I guess, career track record, really, their achievements, what they're proud of, uh, and how they want to be perceived to 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 the market. Um, but I think the most powerful thing that, that LinkedIn does um, is it allows you, it allows people to see you, to see mm. what you're really like. The other stuff, you know, those, those award ceremonies, those achievements, are kind of the fluffy things around the edges that um, will support a decision for somebody to want to work with you. But ultimately that decision, in my opinion, starts off with somebody liking it and liking what they see as a person. Um, and I think that digital has a real big part in that. Absolutely. I'm curious, I mean, have you looked at this latest feature from, from LinkedIn, which ties it in with all the other social media platforms now that you can post your, your story, post a picture or, or and, and, and be followed like you would on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. I don't know if you've seen it, it's on the spot. Though. Okay, so uh, I, I would probably spend a good five or six hours a day with with LinkedIn open in front of me. So I'm, I'm in it all, all the time. When you say a story, are you talking uh, about posts that you can share across? So, so this, it's a new feature now. If you, if you open up the app, um, in fact, I'll open yeah. it, I'll show you. So, so right on the top, see right on the top there, you got, you can see my name, you see the, the work, the podcast, etc. Now, if you hit the plus sign, you, um, you can obviously put your image, whatever it is, or you can add an image or you could record a video or whatever it is. So very much like you could with, um, all these other social media, you know, more, 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 um, informal social media platforms, let's say. Okay. And it's, it's been around probably about a week or two. Uh, it's come up in some of the other forums I'm in. I was just curious if you'd seen it because that's yeah. If if you go onto my profile, I think because I'm because I'm I'm using my, my phone now to um to have this um, chat with you now, Ryan. So I, I've only got my desktop, and they're uh, they are different, albeit subtly, but they they, they are different. I I think um yeah the it allows you to upload media directly yeah. to your profile. Yeah. Okay. So um and I. Ironically, there's been a, there's already been research on on that in terms of the traction that you get depending on the type of media um, that that you add as well. So, I mean, the general rule of thumb with LinkedIn is don't take anybody away from LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, as well. So, if you've got a video and you've got it, it's, it's on somewhere like YouTube or, or Vimeo. Don't put a YouTube or Vimeo link on. Make sure you have an intern an, an embedded LinkedIn link on there. Um, but no, I, I think I, th I think that's what I'm doing already. Um, but um, you can see why I'm not a marketing expert and I'm why I'm a recruiter because I couldn't answer that question. Uh, so, no, uh, it's cool. I, I just thought I just wanted to see it because actually now looking at your profile, I don't see that that bar. So it's obviously okay. a mobile mobile first feature, and probably when you when you post a picture, because where I was kind of going with this is is I always see and I always try to keep my LinkedIn posts very much about the work I'm doing, and which mostly is publishing the podcast and stuff. But I do see other guys sort of posting, oh, I went for a walk today and I saw this beautiful view. Mm. And it's got almost nothing more than the view. And, and that to me personally is, is something that should probably be sticking to um, a Facebook or an Instagram or a, whatever. 
Um, but if you're taking the, that I've gone for a walk and I saw this beautiful view and I had this great idea, mm-hmm. which, you know, saved the business 10% because we were going to outsource to, you know, our payroll, for example. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that would make more sense to me. And I just wondered if you, if you look to those sorts of things. I think that since, certainly since Microsoft um, got involved with LinkedIn, um, and, you know, I think they change their algorithms nearly as often as Google do. Um, five years ago, maybe less than that, two and a half, three years ago, if you posted something on LinkedIn, which was, I'm going for a walk today, oh, look, there's a squirrel up a tree, what a lovely view, isn't that a pretty dog? Um, you know, you would be hounded uh, off of the site and being told to take the, your post to Facebook or Instagram or wherever. That's changed now. Whether that's changed because Microsoft has influenced it or whether that's changed because uh, of, of the, the marketeers on the periphery that have, that have influenced it. But absolutely now, LinkedIn is, is more aligned with the type of content that you would see on Facebook. They want to know about you. Yes, you can tie that into what you do professionally and how that impacts on other people. But ultimately, they want to be more of a, in my opinion anyway, this is a debate, this isn't, you know, cast iron, that they want to be involved in a conversation. Mm. That's the basis of LinkedIn. Whereas before, it was discussing very, you know, very finite technical or business related issues uh, and now there's a definite move away from that uh, whether you like it or not that, that's definitely the case and they will reward you on on the basis of that you know that, that they actually pay people to review um posts not, not just um algorithms that review posts actually people so if you notice if you've put a post on linkedin um, and you'll see who's liked it 90% of the people that like it are in your first um, level of connections. Yeah. It's when you start seeing that post become more popular and you see second and third people liking it is when somebody has actually said, this post now is worth getting out into the wider network. Mm. That normally happens within 48 to 72 hours of you putting that post out there. Yeah. And the most successful posts I've had, and I've experimented with it, are posts that were, I would call fluffy posts. Um, I, I literally experimented holding my stepson's new dog. And I thought, well, I'm going to post this on LinkedIn to see what happens. And, and I thought oh, I put a really good, interesting post on um, how AI is going to impact um, the future of um, investments in, in, in tech startups. Um, it got a fraction of, of the likes and of the traction than my fluffy dog. So that wasn't because I like putting pictures up of dogs, but it was just to prove my point. But there's still many uh, people within my business as well that would disagree with me. Um, but I, I do think that's the way it's going. So a future guest of ours, we were talking in our pre-call with her and she said she was so tough because that morning she'd written some a post, put it on, and it made it into LinkedIn's short yeah, they do like that editorial daily, daily. Yes, yeah, yeah. And she made it because she happened to hit it and she said she knew it on purpose, like like she didn't design it to get there. Yeah. But the thing she wrote about was obviously right in time for something else that was going on. And it was Absolutely. And it was great. Absolutely. I, I heard a guy interviewed yesterday um, who um, specializes in, or his, his, his sweet spot is trying to make your post go viral or as viral as possible. And he has a client that created a post um, and 
purely by accident had this was on LinkedIn had over a million. Um, it would have been comments. It would have been views. Yeah. Absolutely blew him away. His next post has a dozen. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it's and it is a funny thing. I mean, not that this is a LinkedIn dissection, but no. But you know, you put some, and exactly what you said some things you put up there. And you actually think, wow, this is going to be amazing. And this is before I started putting this podcast up, but mm-hmm. an article you've read or you might write something, whatever. Yeah. And, and you get, you know, a couple hundred views, maybe a thousand. You're like, but this, this was not the thing that I thought would get the views. And then you write this thing that, that is, you know, like you've put some sweat into it. You really chuffed it. There's like a, almost a white paper in some sense. Yeah. And, and your mom and your brother give you a thumbs up and the, no one else even looks at it. And you're like, how does that work? I couldn't have put it better myself, Brian. That's, that's exactly you tell me. The more time you spend, uh, uh, you know, researching a post, you know, uh, if if you're brave enough to want to use something like Canva or you want to pay somebody to to make a post look really, you know, very very professional, um, compare that to the hits and likes and traction you'll get to the. I'll go back to the fluffy dog scenario. You know, it's crazy, but that's it. That's how it is. That's what we got. Uh, to work with, so um, and I, I, I do take all that down to um, to digital, to the internet, and, and the the impact it's having uh, yeah. across the periphery of um, you know, not just emails, not just your CRM, but yeah, across all aspects of of my job and what what I have to do now compared to what I did back in the nineties, and it really is you know night and day the difference. And, and I mean, you know, change is inevitable. Um, I mean, how have things changed? Obviously, with with I mean, we've had sort of pre-pandemic. We're now going into, I, I guess, the hopefully the middle to end of this pandemic. I mean, your role yeah. changed drastically as the market sort of held its breath. Um, again, sorry. As the markets held its breath, waiting for for this madness to to go. Yeah. Uh, well, what have you what have you had to do differently? I, I think, from a very selfish perspective, it's an, it's it's allowed me to be more reflective. Uh, to actually see where me as an individual can add value to other people. So, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not doing a, you know, um, a, a plug for uh, Warren and his, you know, his, his, his big heart, but I wanted to give something back. You know, I, I did some pro bono stuff. It allowed me to use digital and technology to get in front of people that were struggling. And, you know, don't get me wrong, it's been tough. But there were plenty of people that were swapping me, you know, that are, that are having it worse. And I wanted to to, to have that opportunity, recent, you know, in the past nine ten months to to do something, you know, to to give something back. Um, and actually doing that and and looking at the perspectives changing slightly, I think has has had an impact on the type of posts and the type of brand that um, is being created albeit by accident as, as, as a result of that. So yeah, digital has been really important during this period. And of course, working remotely, which is the obvious impact. Um, it's really, it was going to happen anyway, but the really stubborn, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll use the sweeping generalization, the really stubborn bosses out there that refuse to trust their employees their teams to allow them to work from home and i get it some roles you have to be in the office but for those roles that you don't i think it's proven to them that absolutely you know if you trust somebody if you allow them that length of rope most people 
can't hang themselves. Most people actually embrace it, um, and technology has allowed that to happen. And I think it's a really good thing. Yeah, I almost, I almost see it, it, it goes a little bit beyond just embracing. I think they become even more loyal. Um, Absolutely. Because of that trust. If you get that trust. Mm. I, mean, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I found it when we moved to the UK what, almost nine years ago, I was working in a, in a role before that where, you know, I worked from home probably three three days a week, four days a week, but you were seeing customers and you were, you know, driving around, yep. driving around, all that kind of stuff. And, and you had this integrated way of working where, you you know, you might sleep late because you worked late the night before. You might go hit, hit some golf balls and go see some customers or join calls or whatever it was. But you had full control on, on how your work was done as long as you were delivering. And, and I mean, because I was in sort of sales, pre-sales, you know, the, the results were your own as well because you were getting commission or not and, and all that yep. kind of stuff. Um, when I moved here and then I went to, I sort of switched over to the corporate world and I was given the sort of dogma, well, you go to be in the office five days a week. And, and, you know, being as early as you can and, and trying to leave as late as you can. Um, you know, not that that was the actual message, but the underlying message was was that. Yeah. It, it was complete shell shock, never mind moving countries um, and having to deal with, with a different culture. But uh, it, it was, it, it still fascinates me up until now where everyone's kind of gone, oh, we can work from home. Oh, we can use the tools that have been around for, for almost a decade. Because yeah. they have been. I mean, they haven't, you know, there might be new, new flashy looking ones, but they're still yeah. the same tools we've had for, for 10 years. I, you know, that's, I think that's a real powerful thing, really, is, is that, you know, the, the trusting, absolutely. Um, the, the, the speed of the paradigm shift in, for, for the workplace that we're, we're living through now. Yeah, it's, it's, I just hope you haven't got shares in, Regis or we were because I don't think that these guys are going to come out of it so, favorably. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that. So and this is not a financial conversation or any no, advice, of course. But so so we were in a WeWork when we when I joined Hilo and we left. And at the time we were discussing it how how obscene and I mean this in the nicest way mm. the WeWork model was. I mean they they had more buildings in New York than JP Morgan had at the time. Yeah. And, and if you look at their business model, it was pretty much on the same guys as what Amazon used to run on, which, well, they still do, but now they're making a fortune of money as opposed to being in debt. Mm. But they were running such a tight um, model where they, their income didn't match to what the expenses were, but there was no. a point where it would, it would flip over and, and they just need to get there. And, and they probably, been, I mean, I haven't looked at WeWork, but they're probably decimated. But I would look at the other way around with Regis, and I think they are probably one to to look at because they've been around for so long. They're still an established brand. They own a lot of their buildings. Whereas oh. we were is renting a lot of their buildings. I think you'll find Regis lease pretty much everything. Oh, really? They're part of, they're part of a bigger group. Um, IDC or something. IWR, something okay. like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and we've, I mean, I've, I've had firsthand experience of working in several Regis offices and their actual staff on site are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. they're really, really, really good. Um, but unfortunately, they're they're put under so much pressure, and the impression I get is I don't get paid a lot for what they do, and the pressure that they're under. And um, you know, I think they that they are the um, the flag bearers of, of that um, organisation. Um, but yeah, they 
It may have changed now, but certainly five years ago, you know, they were they were quite proud of the fact. And I would speak to divisional managers, you know, uh, where they would they said, "No, we don't own anything in this building. We don't own a table, a phone, a photocopier. Everything is leased." Yeah. Um, and that that was their that that was their um, business model. And, and frankly, again, this isn't a conversation where you know, I'm going to talk finance or or not. Um, people like. Uh, Regis, but um, they, they haven't. Uh, should we say that they haven't come out of this that, that this period shining? Uh, just to say the very least. But um, I'll um, I'll leave that one there for a conversation another day. Look, uh, well, I mean, yeah. So the whole forums I've been involved in. I mean, you know, one of the guys did ask a question about joining. You know, changing, cancelling their lease with a. Um, if it was a full office floor and they were looking to go shared office space. And there were a couple of people who said, well, you know, avoid this one, avoid this one, avoid this one, because the contracts are atrocious. Yeah. And you'll, and you'll be locked in and you can, you can do nothing about it. Um, and I've seen, I mean, I've already just, you know, 10 minutes walk from us, which would probably work for me uh, if I needed to have an office. But I've also noticed in my little village that there's about two or three sort of informal working groups that have set themselves up inside as sublets of, of other businesses. Oh, well. And you're looking at spending, you know, 50 bucks, maybe a hundred bucks a month to have access to a desk and a meeting room. Mm. Um, but it, it's all about now because of what you, what's your brand? You know, for me, I don't need a person to answer my phone because, you know, there's only one phone number, that's my mobile. Um, yeah. But for some people, they might need that still. And, and you just got to find the thing. And I think that's what I found interesting for a lot of people switching over, we're not going to go back to the old normal, which is which is the corporate life and nine to five in an office. No, no, it's, it's this other thing, which is still to be defined, I think, which is a hybrid. It's more probably more interim roles, not mm-hmm. necessarily gig economy, but, but a combination of that. Um, I don't know what you're seeing in the market, though. Well, I, I, I think, you know, it's... It's not so much the new normal; it's it's the next normal. I, I, I'd phrase that around what you just said. It's going to be a hybrid. We're going to take things from what we've been forced to do in the last ten months and adopt them as as, as mainstay um, habits, if you like, uh, of, of 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 working. So, I, yeah, I, I I think that there are really very few things that you can say about this pandemic that have been of ha- having a positive impact, um, but I, I, this is definitely one of them. The the, the change in, mm. in sentiment around work. I don't know what it's going to look like in a year from now. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't even know what's going to look like. You know, next summer. I, I really don't. Um, and I don't think you know. Any, anybody that suggests otherwise will be will be fooling themselves. But what I do know is that, as you said, we're not going to be going back. You know, um, it, it's going to it's going to continue in that sense. And when I'm speaking to clients and candidates now, I, I can say that there's not there's not been one job that, that we've we've worked on across the firm that has required anybody to be in the office. Mm. We've had we've had offers made for C level um, tech candidates where they haven't met their new employer in person. Yeah. And they've started and they still haven't met them in person. So, you know, um, go figure. Would that have happened this time last year? Okay, that's a bit of a crash thing to say because there's a lot of things that wouldn't have happened that we wouldn't have guessed was happening this time last year. But no, so, you know, the the future for me, aligning it with digital away from the 
um, the workplace sort of scenario uh, in terms of the job I do is that it's really going to be centered around AI and the impact that's going to have on my industry and big data and, and data analytics, which are all kind of in, interwoven. Yeah. Um, one requires the other in a lot of, in a lot of instances. Um, but for for the for the time being, and I'm referring to AI as very much being a digital thing. I don't think there's an AI algorithm out there yet that can replicate what people like me do in terms of those human interactions. Um, when when that time comes, which may be in my lifetime, it may not be. Then okay, maybe my the days of the, the job that I do might may be numbered. But right now, yes, it makes my job far more efficient. It allows me to get in front of more people. It allows me to speak to more people. It allows me to you know engage with more people. But those golden moments in, in what I do are still reliant on um, on the human touch, you know, uh, and haven't yet been been replaced. But it just digital just makes my life so much easier. And will continue to do so. Yeah, and I think I think that's the um, the thing that I've, that I've seen in the market is that that there are a lot of people obviously now looking for roles because of the pandemic. The, the business they've been involved, they may have you know cut them or you know lost the business might have gone. Um, and they're trying to apply for stuff, and they ended up in this you know soul destroying application thing where you're applying for jobs on on whatever the job sites are LinkedIn. Yeah. And, and you're not even getting a, a decline. Um, you're not even getting an acknowledgement beyond the message from the, the, the service saying, yes, you received your job. And, and you sort of know, being in tech, you, you kind of know that what's happening is it's going to some sort of filtering system, which is probably doing some sort of word matching, then discarding you or keeping you in. Or it's getting to someone who's been paid in you know, a low-cost area to process it, but doesn't actually doesn't read the CV really or doesn't understand it, but just kind of goes, no, 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 yes, but it is. Um, and you really are, 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 are actually going to the old way of doing it, which is to find the relationship to say, hey, listen, guys, I'm available. Does anyone know of any work that's going on? And, and bypassing that system, that ecosystem, because the other thing you have is some of these some of these jobs are put onto a, another hiring portal, which means you've got to go re-enter your whole CV or re-enter your, your, you know, your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. And, and the minute you see that, you're like, actually, you know what? I don't want the job that badly. I'm going to apply another 100 jobs with easy apply on LinkedIn. Mm. Or I can post my details in my, you know, because I've, I've seen about, you know, one WhatsApp group a month created in a network because people just want to communicate mm. and cut out the, the, the friction of getting a job. Um, yeah. And help good people find good roles. No, absolutely. And I think my, my industry has a big part to play in that and, and, and to bear a lot of the, um, the, the responsibility for that um, and the absolute minimum level of courtesy that anybody should expect if they've been engaged in the process is a phone call to be yeah. told that they're, you know, it's different if they're applying for, in my opinion anyway, it's different if they're applying for a job um, and they haven't got through to CV submission stage and they're, 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 they're told electronically that their uh, application wasn't successful. But if there's an interest in their application um, for, to have the very worst, no update, but using digital to tell somebody that they're not being considered anymore, um, 
is it's criminal. You know, there, there, there is, you know, courtesy that, that needs to be extended over and above digital. Yes, it makes our life a lot easier, but you know, those human um, essentials really are uh, the, the bane of my um, life as a recruiter. Uh, and it surprises me how much um, ghosting, which is the phrase which is used a lot now, goes on not only from candidates to, to recruiters, but the way recruiters ignore or the recruitment process ignores candidates. It's really frustrating. I wish it, I wish we could, we could solve it overnight, but it's, um, it's going to take a while. If digital could do it, well, that'd be great, but um, it can't. In, fact, in, some, in some respects, you know, with, with the email thing, the, the easy click of a button, um, it, it, it can sometimes make make the problem worse as well so um yeah but overall it's had a you know absolutely had a massive positive impact mm. on my job without a doubt yeah and what are your plans for 2021 i mean what do you i mean we no one can predict the future but what do you no. think you guys need to do um it, personally i think it's, it's about positioning yourself uh, in a way that people can see the value that you really bring and that's all around marketing now there, there are several ways that you bring that to the table but for us uh, it's all around digital there's no other way that we market ourselves um, and that's going to be a, a big big part for us ne next year um, and you know it's how people make decisions now and we're, we are essentially we are a sales organisation mm. Um and, you know, our, our commodity, uh, and I include myself in this commodity, which is people, um, we're working with the most unreliable commodity on the planet, you know. Um, so we need to make sure that we do everything absolutely right. Um, and that includes how we market ourselves and how we position ourselves as well. So, yeah, next year for us is, is big about branding. It's going to be big about um, marketing and make sure people know where to come to and know exactly what they're going to get from us before they even, you know, send us that email or, or make that phone call. Um, and we're progressing. We're not there yet, um, but and it's a journey. Um, and it's not an overnight, you know, uh, pay-per-click process. It's very much a drawn-out reputation. Keep, keep doing the right things, which is, you know, com for us it's content. For us it's commenting on people positively uh, liking stuff um doing this sort of thing as well um it's most definitely the way forward so when you, when you so now you're saying that yeah sort of your, your activity i mean are you only looking really at one platform be it linkedin or are you looking at publications trade publications no um that's a really good point so we, we openly promote ourselves to journalists uh within the technical trade press um, so if they, if they want a quote, if they want an opinion uh, from us around um, a particular subject matter, uh, and we will list them, then that we will use that as well. But I, I would say that um, if we went back five years, 80% of our time and money was spent on uh, with Google in terms of marketing. Yeah, and I'd include email marketing campaigns in that as well. I would say now, eighty percent of our time and money is spent within LinkedIn. 
Interesting. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. It's a very powerful platform. And they are, my fear is that when they realize that they have people like me by the short and curlies, excuse the vernacular, uh, mm. but, you know, where that will leave us, I don't know. But no, it's a very powerful, for us, it's a very powerful tool if used correctly. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, a friend of mine runs a podcast and he, he did this. He built his business around Facebook and uh, he put out a post, I oh, must be about three weeks ago, where he's deleted his Facebook account completely. So that's going from making, I mean, I don't know, he sold his business for, for a lot of money. So that was his core business. He's got completely broken up with Facebook. And, and based on that, I, I finally pulled the trigger to get off Facebook as well. And, and I feel like I'm going to get off everything except for maybe Twitter and for LinkedIn. Um, because it's yeah. just, it's, it's becoming like you only need one or two, not, not all of them. There is so much noise out there. Although there certainly was two years ago, so much noise out there in that social media branding space. Um, you know, depending on which book you read would be another technique that you could use for another particular platform. And, um, and I don't think people like that. They, they want to have something they can rely on, that they're familiar with. Yes, of course, you know, there is going to be change and, and you have to embrace that. Um, you know, and digital allows you to do that. But, yeah, you're quite right. I, I, I don't use Facebook at all now. I only use it for people to contact me. I don't do anything at all. Uh, on there, uh, either you know, for myself or professionally, um, yeah. I come I'll come right off of it. And, and with me, you know, in fact, I don't know whether or not there's there's some sort of a correlation or com or, or connection with LinkedIn and Twitter. But if you do a post on LinkedIn, very easy within LinkedIn for you to add that onto Twitter as well at the same time with a click of a button. So you know, um, they are the only two really that I, that, that I use. So. Uh, out of interest, you mentioned um, CRM tools. What, what do you guys use for your CRM? And do you tie that in with your social media presence at all? Uh, yes. So we actually, although we're a small firm, we actually have three CRMs that we're currently working with at the moment. Okay. Uh, we have a very um, intuitive, data-led, GDPR-compliant platform, a Scottish company called Firefish, Um that I, I, I base most of my CRM day-to-day -day, um, movements and diary around. Uh, my colleague was using a, a globally well-known um, platform called Bullhorn, mm -hmm. but he's just moved on to something called, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, I think it's called Loxy or Loxo, or could okay. be Loxo which is uh, a essentially integrated with um, LinkedIn and it allows you to create pipelines, sales pipelines automatically, seamlessly and move somebody from both a candidate and a client from through the different stages of, of the process. Uh, it's a very interesting platform that they've got. I've not been brave enough to move on to it. Yeah, I'm still using Firefish, but um, yeah, so three very different CRMs that we have within the business. Bullhorn is something that we're going to move away from anyway, and we've decided on that completely. So it's this Loxo, I think it's Loxo, and um, and Firefish that, that that we're using right now. It's funny you mentioned Bullhorn because that, I mean that to me is like a blast from the past. Can't even remember when I first heard of it. That's that, that feels like a long time. Yeah, they they used to have restrictions that you um, that was only a certain amount of 
Now, they would only do business with agencies that are a certain size, I believe. Mm. That, that's no longer the case. Obviously, they're now trying to get business from wherever. It's a good site. It's a good application. They're, they're pretty much, I won't say all much of a matchless because that, that's being unfair. But, you know, the, the core job that they do, um, I, I don't think a lot of them have been intuitive enough and have embraced the real power of digital um, and how people are using social media now within their day-to-day lives. Mm. Um, and I think one, one of the biggest organisations or groups of uh, organisations that are really feeling the, the pain of that are, are, are the job boards, you know, who's, and I hate to say it, I hope they're not listening, but I think their days are numbered unless they do something drastically different to position themselves and to provide value to either end clients, candidates and recruiters, because at the moment, that um, they don't really. They're try, they are trying. I think that you know they're, they're doing all they a lot to try and find uh, a, a way to to add value. Um, and obviously, their big competitor is um, is LinkedIn. They may not admit that, but you know, that, that for me is, is their big competitor, and they're just not not really um, the uh, the force that they were um, and back in my day. Um, I, I sound like Uncle Albert now. During the war, but back when I first started, it was just job serve. Yeah, that's all it was. Um, yeah. And um, and now, well, you know, things things develop, don't they? And, and uh, I think industries mature, and then the things change, and it's just it's just the corporate journey, the corporate process. But yeah, uh, it's 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 interesting because they, they could have foreseen this, I think, um, but a lot of them didn't. And even the likes of Indeed, who are very social, very sort of um, in line with with digital and how how they present themselves, I still don't think that they've got an offering that's going to have much longevity. Um, Google Jobs hasn't really done it either. They've tried to get in on the act. Um, Of course, you want want to make sure all your jobs are indexed on Google, but is it really... Yeah, providing real value. I don't think. I don't think it is. It all goes back to LinkedIn. I'm afraid. Yeah, I don't have shares in Microsoft or LinkedIn. That's for sure. But they've definitely got it Um, at the moment. They're they're doing something really, really right. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I think if you're going to put stuff on, if you're going to post a job on 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 a job board, you're obviously looking at some level of, of of a resource. You know, you need you need ten developers. That, that have C-sharp experience of Java or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you, and you're prepared to get, you know, a thousand responses. Um, and then your word search and that kind of stuff. But but I always look at those roles. I mean, yes, you might. It, it's like buying a lot of tickets. Um, yeah. you, you don't win if you don't buy a ticket, but you've also got to know the odds of winning are are so low that you can't, you can't be too invested in the outcome. Um, and then it, I think this is where LinkedIn is really you know, started to, to kill off those competitors is they've made yeah. it frictionless in the sense that you can easily apply to a role just with your profile, um, which which for, for most people is what you're looking for. Just, as, you know, everything's in my LinkedIn profile. Just look at it, you know. Yeah, um, yeah you're right. It, it, it's very easy to, to do that. Um, and I think that LinkedIn have, made, have, have deliberately made that as as easy as possible. And obviously they've monetized it. Um, they're, they're a business. Um, but um, yeah, they, they are ahead of the curve. That's for sure. Yeah. Correct. Most definitely. Um, 
We're running on time here. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we, we tie up? Not really, no. I'm just, um, it's it's good to, um, I guess, be, uh, I think I mentioned the word reflective. It's It's been quite a, an interesting chat, Ryan, to actually um, stand back and look at where we are and the impact that the industry that I'm recruiting, IT and digital, that, that's had on the job that I do, but also on the jobs of people from outside of that organisation all that industry as well so it's, yeah, it's, been, it's been a really interesting chat um, and um, delighted that I've been able to um, share my um, my thoughts on it. so thank you no, I appreciate that I think when we first chatted you, you offered yourself up as a sort of a one hour business coach um, you sent me a, a marketing form which I'll be honest I, I didn't fill out but I, I did have a good read on it I think that's something we can share as well um, yeah how would you want people to get hold of you and get in contact? Oh, sure. So um, the easiest thing to do is to, is to go to my uh, LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Um, and I, I think what I would say to, to people, both clients, people that are looking at how they recruit, um, what they don't like about it and how they want to improve on it, but also candidates as well who may be at a crossroads in their career. Um, is my job now is more than just finding jobs for people. Um, I offer myself as a consultant, somebody that can offer advice. Um, and my LinkedIn profile, it allows people to, to contact me in that in that way. Um, schedule a call through Calendly, another great digital innovation. Good old phone number, which is down there. Uh, or simply uh, DM me uh, through, direct message me, sorry, through LinkedIn or, or drop me an email. As well, and all those details are all on my LinkedIn profile. Oh, that's great. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast. It's been good to chat I've with you. I've really enjoyed it, Ryan, and uh, hope we can do it again. For sure. For sure. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.